0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I was asked to address a few questions that's relevant for this time. it should be help for tzibur for this time. The first question that I was asked was, is one allowed to come out with gloves and masks on Shabbat Kodesh? Can you come out of the house with gloves? the nylon gloves to protect yourself, and the mask you put on your face. And the answer to that is that the Shuchan in Seif Lamed Zayin, in Simansh Aleph writes that it's permitted to come out with gloves on Shabbat. The gloves over there are to protect you from the cold. But the reason the Shuchan permits is because it's Derech Malbush which means you wear it over your fingers, over your hand, and something you wear over your hand is permitted to come out on Shabbat, although it brings over there those that are machmir, and many people like to take that chumrah on Shabbat, but definitely when we come to protect one's health and to wear those gloves in order to make sure that you are not infected by the virus, one is permitted to come out with them, Wearing them on Shabbat. Second thing is the mask. The mask you wear over the face is something that is called tachshit, which means the definition of tachshit is anything that comes to benefit the body in any way. And therefore, over here we found few times in Siman Chin Aleph that whenever you wear something to protect the body, that's permitted as long as it's worn in such a way that would not fall down. And the chashash is, if it falls down, you might carry it and walk with it. But over here, since you wear it over the face, and it's held tightly, it's not likely to fall, such a thing would be permitted. Next question is, one who lost sense of taste, does he say, for food? So in that, we found the machloket, the machloket, Sefer Chaim marash Kluger brings down that if one eats a raw egg, he should not say Bracha. Why? Because he doesn't benefit from eating that egg. The reason is eating that raw egg, sometimes it helps a Chazan say his Chazanut much better, but since he doesn't have any benefit from it, and the is that it's called Birkot you have to be Nehene from it, then you only can say the bracha, says, Rav Shlomo Kluger, that one doesn't need to say bracha. Same thing by the Chavot Yair. But, the Chida writes in Machzik Bracha, that one should say bracha, because this is something that's considered food, and since you're eating it, in a way that the body gets benefit from it, even though, maybe you're not enjoying the taste, but the body enjoys the fact that you're eating such an egg, that's something that requires bracha. Same thing by us. Since you're eating that food, although you're not tasting anything right now, because you're not feeling well, but you have a benefit from it, the body gets the nourishments from it, and you're also eating something that's considered food, because of that, one should say bracha. Same thing the pizkei p- 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 tshuvot is posek on this halakha. The next question is, when you say bracha on havdalah, you come across the brachav f- besamim. How one should say the brachav f- besamim if he lost sense of smell? When a person is sick and his nose is congested and he can't smell anything, can he say the f- b- besamim? The clearly says in Ilchot Besamim that one should not say Bracha over the B'Samim if he can't smell it. What should one do? If you can't smell it, first, you try and you see if you do feel some kind of smell. If you don't, hand it over to somebody else that would say the Bracha and with that he be t'se. But you yourself can't say that Bracha. If you're the only one there, if everybody lost sense of smell, then skip the bracha of the Besamim. Next, can you pray for someone who is sick on Shabbat? The Poskim brings down that it depends. If he's a Chole She bo Sakana, definitely one can pray for him on Shabbat Kodesh, even in groups, and mention his names. But if he's a Chole She ain't Bo Sakana, you can't pray for him mentioning his name or with groups, you just could say Tehilim without mentioning his name and without doing it in a public way because then they lose the enjoyment of Shabbat. It's called Onek Shabbat when you think about a sick person. Because of that, unless it's a real danger, it's called Cholesh Yesh bo sakana, which means the person is in life danger. If not so, one should not say the prayer in public and use his name. Rather, he could say Tehillim just like he would say on regular Shabbat, thinking that it's for him. Next question on the list Can one use Purel on Shabbat? The answer is that Purel on Shabbat is permitted because it's liquidy. Anything that's not thick, like you have cream that is thick and you rub it around your head would be permitted. Something that is thick is not allowed to rub around your hand unless you really have a great need for it. What's the difference between something that is thick and not? If you pour it and it pours like liquid, let's say you put it on a plate and it spreads out like liquid, that is called liquidy and that would be permitted to use on Shabbat. For the same question, we would have on a soap. You have bar, that is a soap. Can you use that on Shabbat? The answer is try to avoid that. Why? Because, first of all, it's called Memachek. Every time you're using it, you smoothing the surface of the bar. That is one of the reasons the Poskim don't allow. Secondly, the Ramah brings also the issue of Molid. Every time you're using it, using you're making bubbles out of that soap, and that's not permitted. Chacham of Adiyah argues on that. And he says that since the Rema didn't bring the first reason that you're rubbing and you're smoothing the bar, that would be something that's not su. And even the second reason he argues Chacham and he says that since the bubble you're making is not something edible, it's not su because of mulid, since the Gemara brings down only something that is edible, seems like. And therefore Chacham says, using a bar, Soap would be permitted, but it's better to avoid if one doesn't need to. And therefore, Chacham says that if you're home and you can use liquid soap, that's the way you should do it. That's much better. But a doctor in a hospital, a nurse in a hospital, somebody that's really uh, doesn't have liquid soap and he came outside, and today it's very important to keep your hand clean and use soap for that. One would be permitted, says to use a bar soap if you don't have again that liquid soap. Next question on the list is one allowed to use thermometer on Shabbat. There are two different thermometers. There's one that's electric and that one that is not. The electric one should be avoided unless a person really is in a danger, then you're allowed to use such a thing turn it on machine, not straight with your finger. Rather, maybe use one of your knuckles to turn it on, and that will be permitted for somebody that might be in a danger. But in a place that you're just trying to check if somebody has temperature, it's not dangerous in any way. It's much better to use the one that is not electric, that's permitted to use. You can take down the level on the thermometer by pushing it in any way usually you just tap on it and it goes down or in any other way if you need to rub it with some kind of oil oil will be permitted to put on on it if you put cream you can put cream but don't just rub it on it and the reason because we explained before using cream and rubbing on it is a so rather you can just put a little bit dab on it a little bit and let it smear by itself Next question is, can one use Zoom for minyanim? Now that everybody's home, you want to join together to make a minyan. It doesn't help to join few people together through Zoom, because all people have to be in the same room in order to have a minyan. What you could do is, if you have a minyan somewhere, sometimes you have a house that it's a large family, and over there they have a minyan, just the boys and the father together can form a minyan. If that is the case, you can make Zoom to be mitzvah with them according to the uh, Rav Ravitzchak Yosef that permits being mitzvah to a minyan. In such a way, others argue, and they say that one should not be mitzaref to a minyan. Rather, there's a question: Can you answer a man, or you can't answer a man to such a minyan? According to Chacham of Adiyah, one is allowed to answer a man, but he's not necessarily mitzaref to a minyan. And on that, he didn't speak. But Rav says that you can't even answer a man because there might be interruptions on the way, like avodah zarah, church, or something like that. That, because of that, you can't. Answer Amen, there's no connection. So to summarize this, according to HaVitzchak Yosef, if there is a minyan already, you could join along with that minyan and be your tseh, as you would be part of that minyan, but you can't form a minyan out of people that are not together in the same room, although they're all together in Zoom at the same time. Can you answer Amen to Brachot in such a place or Brachot generally? Chacham Adia says yes, and the Oral Tzion says no. Next question is, interesting question. A person I know, he says that he does not want to take caution from getting infected, because he believes that Mashiach is coming any day, and because of that he has nothing to worry about. Even if he gets infected, he's just going to take a couple of days until Mashiach comes. Is that the right approach? Well, Rav Zilberstein brings such a thing in Shiurim Lerofim. He brings an Oda that was asked by somebody that bought a plot of burial place and a person was buried there. But that plot was there only for 150 years. The family who asked if they should buy a separate burial place for the Niftau. And move him from that plot that anyway is there only for 150 years and would not be able to be used afterwards, and put him on a place that would be there permanently. Says the Oda Da, we don't have to worry about it. Moshiach might be coming up to then, and one should not disturb the dead. When Ravitzchak Silberstein presented this to Harav Yashiv, says that. One should make a differentiation between this case and a case of somebody who's sick and must take care of himself and should not say, "Maybe Mashiach would come, and I don't want to take care of myself." The question that was asked by Ravitzky Zilberstein was: If such a person, that became sick and he needed, um, he needed a certain uh, medication and procedure that. He refused because he said Mashiach would come any moment, any day, and he's not taking care of himself. And the doctors warned him that if he would not take care of himself, eventually he would not make it. Ravelyashiv said that that patient is wrong, and it's not the same. And you can't learn from this Nodah Bi Yudah, because in the Nodah Bi Yudah, is speaking about a person that was buried halachically correctly, didn't do anything wrong, and he's there, buried al pi and for that, you don't have to worry and move him out, because Mashiach would come, hopefully, up to the time that uh, this uh, plot will be uh, updated. But when we're dealing with somebody's health, one must take care of his health logically, alach- because it says, And because of that, this patient is wrong, and he is not allowed logically to rely on the fact that Mashiach will come any day, and would not take care of himself. Rather, he must take care of himself, get all the treatment needed and required by the doctors. Same answer would apply over here as well. One is not allowed to be lenient with this idea of taking care of himself, of taking precaution, of making sure that he doesn't get infected by the terrible virus. But rather, one has to do all and is commended so by the Torah, מאוד לנפשותכם, השם, that we'll be hearing good news, and we'll be having a joyful time at Pesach, all together at a seder table.